Today on this wisdom journey, Stephen continues through the book of Jonah. Jonah's experience reveals God's love for you. It's a reminder that God pursues you when you go astray, and he desires for you to enjoy the blessings of obedience. It's utter foolishness to think that you can seek your own will and your own way in defiance of the sovereign Lord. You'll learn more from Jonah's example in this lesson called Chasing Runaways. The prophet Jonah has become a prodigal prophet, the runaway prophet. He decided to turn in his prophet's badge. He basically decided to leave the ministry. And that's because he didn't want anything to do with this brutal, immoral, demon-worshipping kingdom known as the Assyrians. He didn't want to go to their great capital city of Nineveh. In fact, the last thing he wants to do is offer them the mercy of God. So we learned in our last study, he buys a ticket for the coast of Spain. That's the exact opposite direction from Nineveh. But he's about to discover that God has not accepted his resignation. And what happens next in chapter 1 is recorded in three dramatic scenes. The first scene opens here in verse 4. The Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God. And let me tell you, these are veteran sailors. They know storms. But this storm evidently is so severe, they assume it's going to take, you know, one of their gods to save them. And, you know, in a way, they're absolutely right. The trouble is Jonah's not joining in the prayer meeting. Verse 5 tells us Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. So the pagans are up there praying and the prophet is down here sleeping. You know, I think of it this way. It's as if Jonah hung a a do not disturb sign on his door for these sailors. But deeper than that, he has hung a do not disturb sign on his heart for God to see. Now, verse 6 here tells us the captain wakes up Jonah and tells him to start praying to his God. Have you ever noticed, not only in this passage, but today, how quickly unbelievers start praying to God whenever something fearful or disastrous takes place? Well, back here, now Jonah knows immediately what's happening. He, he knows God is behind this storm. He also realizes that although he's run away from God, well, evidently, God hadn't run away from him. In fact, God's been waiting at sea for him to arrive at this very spot. Now, at this point, Jonah's the only one on board who knows the true and living God, but he's not praying. There's, in fact, no mention here that Jonah ever even started praying at all. Now, with that, the second scene shifts back to the sailors. Their prayer meeting isn't working out that well, so they start doing something they're more familiar with. Verse 7 says, they, they said to one another, come, let us cast lots that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. 
So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. You see, they understand that this kind of storm is evidently supernaturally derived. So they throw dice to try to figure out whose God is responsible. God actually uses their superstition to point them to Jonah. And with that, the sailors ask Jonah here in verse 8, tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation? And where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? One question after another, Jonah realizes here God has refused to accept his retirement as a prophet. God simply isn't going to leave him alone. And when these sailors learn here that Jonah is running from his God, whom Jonah actually describes here in verse 9 as the God of heaven who made the sea, (laughs) well, they can't believe Jonah would have set sail on a sea that belongs to God. You know, isn't it tragic when unbelievers seem to have more insight than believers? Well, with that now, Scene three opens, and the sailors are now asking Jonah in verse 11, What shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? Jonah surprises them with his solution here in verse 12. He said to them, Pick me up, hurl me into the sea, and then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Now, don't forget that at this point, Jonah doesn't know anything about a great fish. He doesn't know anything about free transportation back to land. He just knows that, well, at this point, he'd rather die at sea than go to Nineveh, as God commanded. Now, that's that's pretty stubborn, if you ask me. Now, we might expect these pagan sailors to say, okay, we're good with that, and pick up Jonah and immediately toss him into the waves. After all, they want to live to sail another day. Instead, we read here in verse 13, the men rowed hard to get back to dry land, but they could not. I don't want you to miss the convicting irony here in this scene. Jonah isn't going to lift a finger to save the lives of unbelieving Ninevites, but these unbelieving sailors are risking their lives to try and save his. Well, when it's clear that rowing this ship isn't going to help, the sailors actually start praying to Jonah's God, here in verse 14. O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not on us innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. (laughs) Wow! Where did that come from? Well, something is happening in their hearts. We'll come back to that in a moment. But first, I want you to notice here that Jonah does not repent. There's no prayer of confession There's no request that they turn this ship around and they go back and allow him to obey God. No, Jonah leaves this crew with no other option, and with that they reluctantly toss him into the sea. And verse 15 tells us the sea ceased from its raging. What a tragic downward spiral in this prophet's life. Rather than surrender to God, he would rather end his own life. The Ninevites are drowning in their sin. Jonah assumes now he's going to drown in the Mediterranean Sea. But we're told here in verse 15 that as soon as Jonah's body hit the water, the sea becomes calm. Verse 16 tells us, that the sailors then feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord 
and made vows. You could translate this to mean they vowed to serve the Lord. This is indicating genuine conversion to the God of Israel. Now, keep in mind that that these vows are not made to God if the storm ends. They're made to God after the storm is over. It's after the storm ceases that these sailors promise to serve God and God alone. So, to summarize, what's just happened here? Well, there's been a revival right here on the deck of this ship. God used even a disobedient prophet as his messenger. These hardened sailors have just promised now to give their lives to God. But as far as Jonah's concerned, well, he's out here swimming alone. I imagine as he hits that cold water of the Mediterranean Sea, he's more than likely thinking, well, this is how it ends. I've lost everything. There's no hope for me now. I really can't blame God for turning his back on me. I'm I'm a runaway, prodigal prophet. But then suddenly, the lights go out. And Jonah feels his body being pulled downward in a strange current. In a matter of moments, the water recedes. His body would land on some strange, slippery surface. He knows he's alive <laughs> because his heart's beating and he's breathing, but he can't see anything. What in the world has just happened? Where in the world is he? Well, let me tell you, beloved, he has abandoned God, but God has not abandoned him. He's about to be surprised by a gracious God who faithfully pursues runaways, even runaway prophets, prodigal prophets, who defy the living God. Where are you right now? Perhaps today's lesson is a reminder that no matter how far you've run from God, he's already there. He's waiting for you. He's waiting even today. Maybe maybe you're like these sailors. You need to repent and give your life to the Lord. Or, or maybe right now you're like this runaway prophet. You're a disobedient believer, and you need transportation back to God. Well, here's the good news. God will always provide the transportation. You just need to offer him a prayer of confession. Don't wait another moment to ask him to forgive you, to rescue you, to surprise you with his love and his grace. Well, we're out of time. But until next time, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That was Stephen Davey and a lesson from Jonah that he called Chasing Runaways. Stephen is the pastor of the Shepherd's Church in Cary, North Carolina. In addition to equipping you with these daily Bible lessons, we also have a magazine that we publish each month. We'd like to send you the next three issues. Visit wisdomonline.org to sign up today. Then join us back here next time on The Wisdom Journey. 